0: Today we'll talk about repentance, the call to repentance. Uh, Mark chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, in verse 17, one verse before you're seated. Mark 2 and 17, Jesus speaking, said, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, our lesson today is the call to repentance. Jesus has given a call to repentance. Sometimes we bypass that and think He just called Him for everlasting life, but He does things decently and in order. And He's got a plan, He's a creator, and He does things in order, and there's a call to repentance. Let's pray for the lesson today. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for the life and instruction it brings. Let our ears be open to hear it today, to understand what you would say to us. God, we're going to praise you for all this. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. One more hand clap of praise for the word of God today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. You can be seated, and God bless you again. And Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Um, The call to repentance. as a... you know, there's steps, there's things that God offers freely. His, his love, His mercy is there every day, it gives us benefits every day. But, and there are a lot of people who say that we don't play any part in our salvation, but that's not true. Uh, you can't be saved unwillingly. God doesn't force salvation on anybody, and people are not just saved just because He came. Uh, it is because He came that we can be saved, but it is not just because He showed up a lot of places he showed up, they didn't even believe in him. How can you be saved by someone you don't even believe in? So um, there's a lot of uh, strange doctrines in this world today, but we do play a part in, in, in our salvation. It's not by works that we are saved, but it is by faith that we are saved. It is his grace. We, we don't earn it. We weren't born worthy. We didn't do enough to come to him, Say, so here's what I've got, so I should be saved. Uh, we, when we came to him, we were the Bible says we were yet sinners, but we still must obey the gospel, and we must heed the call, definitely heed the call of the Lord. There are many times that people uh, uh, will question some things that uh, they see in Scripture and say those things are not necessary, but I, I'm always wondering why would you cut out anything that the Lord wants you to have? And here we read where... The Lord said, I didn't come to call the righteous. He was speaking to people who believe they don't need any repentance or need any fixing. They're all right like they are. There, uh, there were a lot of people in that day. The Pharisees didn't believe there was anything wrong with them. But he said, I didn't come to call the righteous. He said, but I came to call sinners to repentance. Now, when you get a call, you either ignore it or you answer it. <laughs> That's You, know, you, you either, you either hit, just hang it up, send it to voicemail, or you answer it. And uh, we have to answer this call that Jesus gave for us to have repentance. You know, the scripture says uh, of John that he said in one place, the Lord is coming after me, but he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And for people who say that, well, the Holy Ghost is not necessary today. I'm like, why would you uh, discount anything Jesus is trying to give you? Why would you not have these things? So, Uh, We need to understand that I do and we do play a part in our salvation because we must have faith. He that cometh to God must first believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We've got to believe in Him. We've got to have faith in Him. And then we must do what He asks. We must repent of our sins. And and the thing is, is that it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. God calls everyone to repentance. The first message of repentance was preached uh, to his people. And you'll read about it in the Old Testament where he he would tell them to turn back to him, come back to him, that's repentance. And repentance is one of those words that when people say, when you start talking, well, you need to repent, it's like people say, oh, so you're judging me or you're scolding me. But repentance is a beautiful word because without it, we have no salvation. We can't, uh, God didn't have to allow repentance in our life. He didn't have to allow us to have a way to get back to Him. He could have just said, that's it. Uh, I'm done with you. But instead, uh, repentance is something that He allows us to have. Now, you can actually repent in your life and it not be a a spiritual thing. You can decide, I'm not going to smoke cigarettes anymore. I'm turning away from that. I'm not going to smoke or drink or eat bad food and I'm going to live healthy. And you've actually repented of the life you used to live. But it doesn't bring you salvation because it's not tied to faith in God. When I have faith in him, then I will heed his call. I, will, I believe in you, Lord. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're the son of God. I know and believe in who you are. Then he said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. One of those commandments was repent. Jesus preached repentance, and repentance was part of the message of the gospel. And we need to thank God that he said, hey, if you turn away from that old life because of your faith in me, you've got an opportunity to live forever. Repentance is a gift. It's not a curse. It's not a scolding. It's an instruction. Repentance is instruction. It is a way to correct our course and get back in favor with Him. Repentance is a beautiful thing. If you were, you know, in in Scripture, repentance, uh, you know, where we read about it in in the Scripture, there's. uh, you you need to understand it when they were talking about repentance in the Greek and just not translate repent by an English dictionary because if you read it in an English dictionary, repent means just the sorrow or anguish you feel because of sin in your life. And while that is part of it, you do feel sorry for what you've done. In the Greek, the word that's translated means more of a turning away from the things and the actions that are unlike God and now in your thoughts and in your mind and in your actions, living your life for God. It's an actual turning away from things that could destroy you. Just like if you were running... uh, headlong down a hill and you realize at the bottom of the hill there's a big fire and if I keep running, I'm going to run into it and die. If you turn around, you turned away. You, You can't just say, oh, I'm sorry I'm going down toward this fire and just keep running toward it. Then you'll be sorry burning up. You've got to turn and make a new change in your life, your thoughts. I'm going to go in a different direction. It's going to require a different course of action on my part so that I can be saved. And repentance was preached from the beginning of the Gospels. And, and it was preached at the beginning of the church. You know, the Gospels, a lot of times, because the Gospels come before the book of Acts, you know, we, we have this chronological order there, but the, the Gospels were written after the books of, of Acts, actually, so it's, they weren't written before that. And so we need to realize that at the birth of the church, repentance was part of the keynote message that day. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent. Amen. That's what he said from the beginning. When Jesus was about to ascend to heaven, he, he pointed out to his disciples, he said, There are uh, he said, Everything must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Everything that was written uh, in the Old Testament, what you read, what you've heard read in the synagogues, all those things, all those things. Uh, have to be fulfilled that were written of me and concerning me. So that's why uh, everything that he went through and everything he did was written. You can find it. If you'll study and search in the Old Testament, you'll find everything that Jesus did. Blinded eyes being opened, deaf ears being unstopped, dead people being raised to life. All those things are back there talking about him, his birth is prophesied, his death is prophesied, the resurrection is prophesied, it's all there the outpouring of the Spirit. It's all there. This is that that the prophet Joel talked about. So all these things are in there. But one of the very first things that you'll find fulfilled is, uh, even uh, besides his birth, will be John the Baptist and the one crying in the wilderness. Matthew 3 and 3 uh, said, he described it as this, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This was a prophecy that Isaiah gave in Isaiah 40 and 3. It re- reads like this. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now we know that John the Baptist was talking about Jesus because that's who he, that's, that was his message. His message was, Repentance and believe on the one coming after me, and so. But that was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah: "Prepare the way of the Lord and make a highway for our God." The Old Testament word "Lord" and "God" that's uh, Yahweh and Elohim. Those words we know that the Lord said in Deuteronomy: "Hear, o Israel! The Lord our God is one Lord." Those, this scripture, these prophecies declare exclusively that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. It's there. And then John the Baptist, when he begins to preach, the first recorded words that were ever spoken by John that we have recorded was Matthew 3 and 2, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here's the man who is preparing the way of the Lord, making a highway, Uh, it says in the desert, a highway for God, And he's laying the foundation with repentance. He's telling people, you can't walk this way if you're walking that way. You got to turn. You got to get your mindset better. You got to, he came, it says, in all the country of Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That was Luke's recording of it. And then in Mark, uh, he said, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Mark, Luke, John, all these, they all recorded John's message. He's preaching repentance, preparing the way of the Lord for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you're going to enter into the kingdom, you can't enter it if you're walking away from it. Amen. Come on, somebody. There was a call at that time. This man of God. In the wilderness that was prophesied about, he was uh, an angel came and proclaimed his birth just like he did the, the birth of the Lord. He told his parents, you're going to have a child and this is what manner of man he's going to be and this is what he's going to do. And here's John. And even Jesus said, there ain't another one like John when he talked about him. And here's this wild man out in the river eating locust and honey and, and things like that and just preaching and not caring who's there. Pharisees show up. You generation of vipers. Who told you to flee from the wrath to come? Who told you? He said, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. He didn't care if they were Jew or Gentile, if they were in the synagogue, or if they were the poorest of the poor. The call to repentance was for everybody. It was for everyone. And he was laying the foundation of the kingdom of heaven. He was preparing that way of the Lord. Jesus wasn't openly ministering yet. John was declaring him, proclaiming him, building this highway in the wilderness for God by saying, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. And again, it's not just that feeling of sorrow or, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, or contrition because of bad things I've done. It's a turning away, a total change in my thought and my behavior. I, I've got to, you know, that's one thing about it is even though God is ready to save us I've said this and you've heard it said and you understand this. God does not force us. We don't become God puppets. We're, we're not uh, all of a sudden programmed that we can never make mistakes. Free will and choice still belongs to us. And the choice to walk in the direction that he's called us to, that, that's up to us. He called us out of darkness in the marvelous light. Well, his call is that I came to call him to repentance. Repentance will bring you to the light. It'll keep you from walking in the darkness and it will turn you to the light. We're walking the wrong way and he calls to us, come out from among them. Come out and see me. Come out and have what I've got for you. Come out and get this living water for whosoever will, let him come. It's a call to repentance and that was what uh, John was preaching, telling people. He was preparing people because the Lord was going to show up. He said, and when he gets here, Uh, He's going to back up what I said. When uh, Isaiah prophesied about the ministry of John the Baptist, uh, it it, it points specifically to Jesus. But John didn't just focus. He wasn't just contained in that uh, one scripture that Isaiah wrote, that prophecy. John made it known from his comments about Jesus, who he was, in his interaction with Jesus, that Jesus was superior to him. They asked John, are you the Christ? He said, I am not. I'm not. He said, I'm not the Christ. He said, there's one coming. He declared it when he saw him. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He said, I'm not the Christ. I am not him. I must decrease. He must increase. John knew his role and he knew what he was there to do and he was doing everything that he was supposed to by preaching uh, the word of God in the kingdom of God by saying, repent, because it's at hand. For people to be prepared for the coming of the Lord, it was necessary that they would first repent. Always the first step uh, for us. Uh, If we want to see the salvation of God, we must uh, repent. We, We talk about baptism in its necessity, but baptism does you no good without you repenting. If you have no intention of changing your direction, you're just going to go get wet. Uh, that might be tough, but that's the truth. Uh, we've got to have faith in him and what he did and what he, he came to do. He came and died, shed his blood to wash me. We must have faith and believe. That's why Mark says, he that believeth and is baptized uh, shall be saved. There must be faith uh, connected to that repentance, faith In the message, faith in what he did, faith that he rose from the dead, faith that I can't actually be cleansed when I come out of that water and that it's going to actually do something besides just uh, get me wet. It's going to actually wash my sins away. We must be baptized. We must be born of water. We must be born of spirit, but we must also repent. You can't be saved uh, and and keep living a life of sin. Uh, The Bible says... uh, you know, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He said, how can we live any longer like that? We can't live any more like that. Number one, knowing what he did for us, we must repent of those sins. And that, my friend, he helps us with that, gives us strength to do that, no doubt, but it is still our choice. We must make the decision every day to live a life of repentance that we are no longer walking the way that we used to walk. That's uh, hmm. It's Mother's Day, Pastor. Come on. Yeah, not yet. It's Mother's Day at eleven o'clock. <laughs> Listen, John preached about about the Lord when he said, "There's coming one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but He will baptize you." With the Holy Ghost, of course, that he was declaring in anticipation of the day of Pentecost when the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Now, as uh, just as John the Baptist came, when he came on the scene to fulfill prophecy, so did Jesus. We know that there's many prophecies about his birth and, and what uh, the Scripture says about that. Isaiah wrote a lot about this as well. Um, he said... Uh, in Isaiah 9, the first couple of verses, there's a, a prophecy there. Uh, Matthew recorded it like this in Matthew 4, 14 through 16. He said, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying that the land of Zabulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, that's us, Gentile people, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region... In shadow of death, light is sprung up. Now, that was the prophecy that uh, Isaiah uh, gave about Jesus and him coming into the land. And look what uh, Matthew recorded about Jesus in Matthew 4 and 17, the very next verse. From that time, Jesus began to preach. He didn't have a different message either. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repentance because even Jesus knows if you're going to get into this kingdom you're going to have to turn you're going to have to make a change of direction your thoughts are going to have to be different your your mindset about what you can do and not do is going to be different you're you're going to uh, lay down the things that are unlike God and turn to the things of God you're going to hear the voice of God and, and, and move out of darkness into marvelous light that's what repentance is a change, a total change in our thoughts and behavior. Uh, you know, we, we've got to repent. Repentance is not a bad thing. If you're doing something wrong and you know it's wrong, don't it feel better when you stop doing it? Man, when we were lost and, and walking the wrong way and walking away from God, not walking for God or with God, doesn't it feel better now that you're walking with God? Yeah. It doesn't, repentance doesn't mean, hey, you'll never have another trial or test, but I'm just going to keep following the Lord because the Lord won't lead you back to anything that he called you out of. If you find yourself mindful of where you came from and you start heading back that way, rest assured the Lord is not leading you that way. He can see you and he'll call to you and he'll say, don't go that way, stop. Stay out of the marsh. Don't go that way. You had to go to Six Flags to understand that one. I heard my wife got it. We say that all the time. It's like a joke. But but you he's going to like stay out of that place. Stay away from those things because you've repented. You've made a decision to follow me. Stick with that decision to follow me. After Isaiah had gave his prophecy about this great light springing up, that's when he goes into, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So in, this, in these prophecies here in Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, and then starting in verse 6, he mentions two things. He mentions Galilee of the nations or of the Gentiles, and then he mentions uh, the throne of David and his kingdom. Jew or Gentile, the message of repentance is for us and to us. It is introductory that after we believe on Jesus, uh, for us to enter into God's kingdom, that's at the beginning. You don't, well, I'll, I'll think about changing my ways after I see what he's got. Let me go on in here and get the Holy Ghost and see if that's any good, then I'll see about repenting. Don't work like that. No, no, no. We, we've got to change our mind and change our life. And don't get me wrong, making a mistake or slipping up, that doesn't mean you didn't repent. <laughs> because uh, many, all, not many, all that have repented have fallen at some time, messed up at some time, wished they hadn't said or done something after they came to the Lord. Remember, we talked about that. We all fall down. It happens sometimes, but then we can come back to him. We repent daily. We die daily. God, forgive me for that. I'm sorry. That wasn't me. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to disappoint you. We come and we confess our faults, and the Bible says he's faithful to forgive us of our faults. So he can do that. So whether Jew or Gentile, the message of repentance, is, uh, again, it's, it's got to happen at the beginning. Uh, it's required, but it must be repentance that comes from uh, or comes because of hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. It must come from hearing and believing the gospel message just like they did in Acts chapter 2 when Peter had preached all those messages. He, he preached to these Jewish people from people they knew or had read and understood, he preached from Joel. He preached from the Psalms, David. He preached from uh, these, these scriptures. He reached back into all these synagogue, Sabbath synagogue teachings that they had heard for years and years and years, and he preached Jesus to them. And when he finally said, this same Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and Christ, it said it, that's where it got their heart. That's where it touched them. So men and brethren, what shall we do? Because we believe what you've said. It's touched our heart. We've got a change of heart. So what do we do from this point forward? Repent. I'm not going to talk about you getting wet yet or, or having no sins washed away. I'm not going to talk about the Holy Ghost. First thing we need to establish is that you really want to change. So repent. Be sorry for what you've done and make a decision now that I'm going to live different. I'm going to do something different because I'm on the wrong path. And be baptized, get those sins of the past washed away, covered under the blood, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, Acts 2.38, as powerful as it is for transformation, can do nothing without faith. This word of God is light, it's instruction, it's wisdom, it's got the power to save us, but the Bible says we're born again by the word of God. But it is, it is nothing without faith. Faith without works is dead. If there's no obedience to the word, there's nothing happening. We, so we need to have faith in the word of God as we obey the word of God. Repentance is for us. During his ministry on earth, you know, Jesus, uh, many times he, he could just forgive sins on earth he could, because he had that power while he was here. It was under wasn't under the same dispensation. He could forgive sins and he did that to show them who he was. He could heal, he could forgive sins. But people had to have faith. The woman with the issue of blood, the reason that she was healed it wasn't just because she touched him. How many people were touching him that day and nothing was happening? When he when she touched him, he okay. Who touched me? You see all these people around you, Lord, they're everywhere, hands all over you. And you ask who touched you? you say, Ah yeah, but I felt virtue go out of me. And he turned and saw the woman and she confessed all she'd done. It was because of that faith that she had that uh, she was transformed. And so just, just being where he's at doesn't change you. When there's two or more gathered in his name, he's there in the midst. A lot of people come to the house of the Lord where he's at and are never changed because they don't have faith for it. They, they're not believing uh, That he really, maybe it's not that they don't believe in him. They just believe, well, I'm not worthy of it. And they get past that because Jesus loves you. And what he's got, is for you. For anybody, anybody that walks in, it's for them. But we have to have faith. Oh, you, you know what? Coming to church without faith is like window shopping. It's on the other side of the glass. You're just looking at it. You ain't gonna never put it on. You'll never own it, you'll never possess it, you'll never have it until you go in and do what it takes to get it. So uh, I, I don't want to be window shopping in the house of the Lord. friend. I, I, I want to be going in and saying, max this card out. I want everything that I can have. You know, uh, the Lord's giving me a big store credit. Let's, let's bank it right now. Let's break it right here. Give me everything. I want everything that God's got for me. I don't want nothing between. You know, you know the thing about window shopping is, is that, that good, clear, clean glass. And you could, I could touch it if it wasn't for that glass. And that's that's a bad place to be where you can see what God wants you to have, but you just won't take that step of faith. You just won't believe that God will do it. And, and uh, you know, they, they just... I don't know if I'm ready. Well, do you want it? If you want it, man, don't let nothing hold you back. Don't let nothing stop you. Don't let nothing keep you from getting what Jesus has got for you in any service, even on Mother's Day. Yeah, even on Mother's Day. And the, the, the power for God to heal is here today to be filled. The Holy Ghost is here today to be baptized in his name. It's all here today. Anything you need, it's here today. If we can have faith, let's don't, let's don't let the, the, uh, the holiday uh, ruin the operation of faith, okay? let's. In a few minutes, we're going to be out of this session. We're going to go into the worship service and they're going to be singing leading us. We need to worship God and we need to get blessed and we need to bless him and let God have his way and Man, hey, we're, we're going to say Happy Mother's Day more times than we can count today. Yeah. And we got something waiting on our mothers when they get ready to leave today. But between here and there, we're going to worship the Lord. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I want to yeah. see it happen. And so we know now that John the Baptist, his time began to fade, and Jesus was in his ministry now, and Jesus went to the sinners. Pharisees and scribes who did not believe on him complained about this. In um, Luke chapter 15 uh, uh, they were saying, hey, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Thank God that he received sinners. They said he eats at them, eats with them And, and when they uh, said that Jesus, he told them two parables. He talked about the parable, of the lost sheep, how that uh, there were a shepherd that had a hundred sheep. If one wandered off and got lost, he would leave the ninety and nine and go find that one which was lost, put it on his shoulders, bring it back, rejoicing, and call others also to rejoice. Come and rejoice with me. Uh, then he told another parable about a woman who had a set of coins, ten coins. She had lost one in her house, so she swept the house until she found that one coin. And when she did so, she invited others to rejoice with her because I have found that thing that was lost. And Jesus said, both of these are just like what happens in heaven. He said, when one sinner repents. You see, I don't don't want to cut no joy out down here, but I don't want to cut no joy out in heaven either. He said, when one sinner repents, when they make a decision to follow the Lord that they serve, when they see the gospel working, they see that plan of God it's still in action, and still working. When one sinner repents, heaven and angels begin to rejoice over a life that's being changed and that they're changing direction and, and, and moving away from destruction and walking toward the salvation of the Lord and toward the kingdom of God. Even heaven gets happy about repentance. And we ought to be happy about repentance. That's why I tell people, well, while you're praying and seeking things from God, I said, Don't discount what's already happened in your life. If you repented of your sins, praise God. You know what you did? You answered the call of the Lord because the Lord said, I came to call sinners to repentance. And so you answered the voice of God. How, what more can you do than to answer the call of the Lord? I mean, that's just like, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Drop them nets and head off. The Lord, when it gets your heart, instead of sitting back there fighting it, nah, I just can't do it. I know what it's like. I held onto the pew for a while too before I finally came down to the altar. But why not just say, you know what? If God thinks enough of me to call me, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and answer, because I know I ain't nothing in myself. I know I didn't earn this. But the Lord has looked down on my poor, pitiful, sad little life and said, you know what? I love you. Come on. Get out of that dark place. Get out of that place of destruction. Come on into a better life. I'm calling you to repentance. Repentance is a new life. And that's like, repentance is like when you clear the ground before you build a house. If you bought a piece of land and it was all eat up with briars and trees and everything else, well, you can't build on it. You gotta clear the land. Well, you can't build a new life till you clear the land. And that's what repentance does. It, it, it clears out things so you can start walking in this newness of life. And Jesus went to those sinners. And he said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinners to repentance. When he went to the house of Levi, and uh, they same thing. They were upset. Levi made a feast in his own house, and he invites everybody. There's a great company of publicans. It says others sat down, but the scribes and the Pharisees here they are again murmuring against the disciples. Why do you eat with publicans and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus said, They that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've come to change people's lives. So I went to them so I could be where they are so they could hear what I've got to say. I didn't come to participate with them. I didn't come to condone it. I come to show them a better way. Yes. You know, the doctor don't bring you into his office so he can say, hey, come on in my office so I can get sick with you. Give me some of that uh, virus you got. Come on, cough on me. <laughs> you know, he, he, like, I, I, he don't want your sickness. He wants to make you better. And Jesus didn't come to make you sicker and he didn't come to get sick by you because you can't make him sick. That's why he could touch lepers on the head and say, just be healed. It didn't. They, what they had couldn't jump off on him. And what you got ain't gonna jump off on him either. He said, I come into my office so I can make you better. Hear my offer, hear what I've got to say, take my prescription, whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to use, but he's just simply trying to make you whole. And repentance is that First step. You know, you can live sick, coughing, hacking, aching, something going on in your body. I don't like doctors. Anybody in here like doctors? They're necessary, (laughs) you know. But, but you know, there's a lot of people that they just won't go until finally an ambulance has to come get them. If they make a decision, you know what, I'm just feeling bad. That's it, I'm going to the doctor. In a form, they repented. I'm not just going to keep living sick. I'm going somewhere to see something done about it. And they go to the doctor, and hopefully he's a good doctor and an honest doctor and a fair doctor. And he knows what he's talking about. And he says, this is what's going on, and here's what you can do. Here's some changes you can make to your lifestyle. Here's some uh, an injection, or uh, some medicine, or here's something we can give you, and you're gonna get better. And so you filled the prescription, you take. It, all of a sudden, you realize, wow, why did I wait so long to go? Why did I just keep living sick? And it was that simple. All I had was a little throat thing, and I just, you know, whatever. I remember being like that. I, I my, I wouldn't go to the chiropractor. No, I ain't going. I don't want nobody flipping my neck around. <laughs> You know, but I had gotten so messed up that I, I was just in constant pain. Couldn't take it. And finally, I, I, I mean, I couldn't, my wife tell you, I, could, I couldn't, this was 10 years ago probably. And I mean, I, so I was even younger than I am now. And I couldn't hardly move. And I wouldn't go. I had a big bowel stretch. I'd do, you know, whatever. I'd get the kids to walk on my back. I'd do anything just trying to avoid going to the chiropractor. So I went and he looked at me and he showed my wife was in there with me and he he did some things. He said, Look how out of line his legs are. He hey he chick, man, it was we were offset like that, and he, he did some things, man, and started working. Stuff was popping and cracking, and I started feeling things get better, and he grabbed my head, and for years I had not been able to turn my head like this. I had to, somebody called me from behind, I had to just turn all the way around like that. I couldn't turn my neck. Man, he <laughs> And I felt it immediately. And I sat up and I was like, oh. And I'm like, what was I waiting for? Why did I live and just hurt and, and just endure? It, you know, just, it affected my life. But it was just, no, I don't want to go to the doctor. And there's a lot of people like that who come to the church. They just continue walking in that misery. And the Lord's like, I'll give you beauty for ashes. Come on, somebody. I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. Couple, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'll build the waste places. You've, you've heard me preach this over and over and over. Man, he, his exchange program can't be beat. Give him the garbage and get back the best. I mean, it's you can't beat it. And so, but... But just like that, it takes a decision, and that's what repentance is at the core. It's a decision that I'm going to change to this way of walking, and I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to make sure that I am serving him as I should. And and I'm getting ready. This is just right. I'm coming in, getting ready to come in for a landing here, honey, if you want to come on up. Um, But... Don't think that repentance is just for the the mean and bad and awful people. It's it's for everybody. You know, everybody that don't know the Lord ain't mean and awful and bad. They just don't know the Lord. And it's not just for the Gentiles. It's for the Jews. It doesn't matter what country you are, which language you speak. Repentance is for everyone and everywhere. That's why in Isaiah the Lord said, look unto me all ends of the earth and be saved. All ends of the earth. It doesn't matter where you are. Look unto me. Repentance is not a suggestion. It's not, well, I'll take the baptism and the Holy Ghost, but I think I'll cut this repentance. No, you don't custom order your salvation. It's uh, repentance, baptism, filled with the Holy Ghost. Repentance not a suggestion. It is God's universal command. When Paul went to Athens in the book of Acts, uh, in Acts chapter 17, in verse 26, he's been going by and seeing all the idols and the statues they have and all their devotions. And there's, you know, he said, you guys here are just too superstitious. And he sees an altar to the unknown God. And he says, I'm going to talk to you about this unknown God. But in verse 26, he says, God has made of one blood all nations of men. Or to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and we have our beings. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Or as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at. God watched people do that, build idols and things and say, this is, the, the th- this is what delivered us, this is what saved us. And it said God winked at that. He, he was long-suffering. He said, but now... At this time, now that the plan is in action, now that the Lamb of God has come and lived, died on the cross, rose from the dead, uh, now that we're in this dispensation of the church, he said, now God commands all men everywhere to repent, Jew or Gentile. Paul was a Jew. And uh, he said, but God's called everybody to repent. And so... And then after that, what does that matter? He said, because God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Judgment's coming. And he said it. And you can't be ready for judgment without repentance. It won't happen. He doesn't want us to be lost. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, the Lord said, except you all likewise repent, you'll perish. He said it twice in that chapter. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is part of what saves you. It's part of what keeps you. 2 Peter 3 and 9 said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But he is long-suffering. He's not slack. He's going to keep his word. But sometimes people mistake his long-suffering for permission to keep going in the wrong direction. No, he's just being long-suffering Because he wants you to be saved. The goodness of God, it says, leads us to repentance. He said, but God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So there it is again. Repentance keeps us from perishing. Because if you keep walking the same road you've been walking, that's the wrong direction. And if it's the wrong direction, it's going to end up at the wrong place. When you finally come to the end of that road, you realize this ain't where I wanted to end up. But that's the way you walked. But if we heed the call to repentance, if we make that decision in our mind, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to uh, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with my God, as the scripture says. I want to I walk with Him. I want to be led by Him. I want to see the things He's got for me. Well, you can't see those things walking away from Him. You got to walk with him. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. That's why many times in service you'll hear us say, Let's all repent because repentance is for all of us. And it just gets our heart ready for what's coming next. We can step into the kingdom when we have a repented heart and a repented mind, when we've made that decision. That's our life a life of repentance. I'm following the Lord. So as we get ready, why don't we just do that as we get ready to close in this service. Just lift our hands and one more time, repent to the Lord. God, I'm sorry for anything that I've done that's not like you. That's not my desire. But my desire is to follow you and to serve you and to walk into your kingdom. So Lord, forgive me today of anything that's wrong, anything in my heart, in my mind, or in my spirit. And Lord, let me lead and live this life of repentance. God, that I can do all that you want me to do. And I thank you for granting repentance to us that we could be born again and live forever. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. What a great God. And thank God for repentance.